Um, hi, I'm Marika, and I met you. How long ago was that? Like five years ago. I know. So wild that it's been that long, (laughs) and I'm so grateful to um, be on your podcast. I think it's so wonderful what you're doing, creating spaces to think together and see different perspectives. So, yeah, I've never done a podcast before, and I'm excited and nervous. (laughs) Hi there. Welcome to Contemplations, the podcast. I am your host, King Kenna, and... I'm very glad that you're here. I hope that you have your thinking caps on because today is one of my favorite episodes of this season. I got to sit and chat with a very dear friend and sister of mine, Dr. Marika St. Rose Yo, who is an amazing artist and person. And she got to uh, tell me a little bit about her experience of nostalgia and how she experiences it from a more internal perspective relative to myself for example who experiences nostalgia um, very externally she also made some very interesting remarkable comments about time and her experience with time that i think are just very valuable and mind-blowing and i really can't wait for you to get into this episode Um, I can't wait for you to get into it so much so that I'm going to stop talking now so that you can actually listen to Marika. And um, just before you get into it, I just wanted to reiterate uh, how grateful I am to have amazing people like Marika in my life to share such wisdom with me. And I really hope you find valuable insight in some of the things that we're going to be discussing. Um, Enjoy. See you or talk to you later. Okay. Um, all right. We will we will get started just so that people are not like, aww. <laughs> and then they're not listening to actually what we're talking about. They're like, are these people actually going to have a conversation? Yeah, this is most of what our conversation oh, is true. about. It's like, you're great. No, you're great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> true. All right. So uh, we're continuing on the topic of nostalgia uh, like we... We, um, I did. I had a conversation with Alex last week. It was a really great conversation. And sidebar, if you have not listened to that conversation, please go listen. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say apart from that. Um, so today we're going to be continuing on that conversation. Um, but I don't want to think of it only as a continuation. I kind of want to think of it also as getting your perspective because I was telling you earlier how... As a scientist, I do believe that there are some things that are just like empirically the way they are. They don't really change. They're just like that. But then there are other things that I think are heavily based on how people experience them and they don't necessarily have one way they show Mm -hmm. up. So I thought it like I think nostalgia is one of those things. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about it because you're someone I consider very wise. And I am interested in, in how 
you have experienced nostalgia in your life because um, our upbringings are not very similar in terms of uh, the fact that myself and Alex have spent a lot of time in different places and you on the other hand um, you've traveled a bit but you've lived in fewer places than Mm -hmm. we have so I I kind of wanted to pick your brain um, to understand how you interact with nostalgia and so I will get started with the first question and ask you how you would describe nostalgia so there is of course the standard definition but I want to know whenever you think of the word nostalgia like what comes to your mind um yeah that's a really good question i i think of nostalgia as um like a yearning to be in another time or space um and like a yearning for a connection to those things um and Mm. yeah uh an emotion that we want to kind of feel again um Mm. but it maybe feels fleeting like something we can't quite grasp onto Mm. (laughs) i love the i love that you said i I love that you used the word yearning and fleeting Mm -hmm. because uh it does sometimes feel like that i guess that's why it's called nostalgia where you've had something and mm-hmm. you feel like it it has left your hands and you're trying to touch it again mm-hmm. but it's just out of reach mm-hmm. so okay. that's very interesting <laughs> I, i'm gonna stay on script but i <laughs> i started thinking about how like that's that's just interesting how we could know from experience that when we've we've had this experience so we've touched it but then we feel like we've lost yeah. it and that's just a very interesting way that our minds work in that way when I mean our memories are there in our brain they might be locked away somewhere that is inaccessible at the moment but they're there but then we feel like we've lost them Um, anyway that's a whole other thing thank you (laughs) oh go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say yeah I think it's true and maybe when you're saying that is making me think I guess that's part of nostalgia is like we'll never Mm be there exactly in the same way Mm. again and so it's like this desire to uh feel the thing that is always kind of like just a bit Mm. out of grasp or out of our reach kind of um Mm. which i think contributes to the desire to feel it again and again because we could never quite fully ever get it wow we revisit it that's so true (laughs) that's so true and and I think that's the same thing with memories. You can't, mm-hmm. I don't think you can recreate a memory exactly the same way it was the first time it happened. Mm-hmm. It's just gone yeah. in that way. That so makes sense. I didn't, I didn't think of it that mm-hmm. way in terms of you can go back to the exact same spot that something mm-hmm. happened and you can feel very good, but that's a new memory. It can mm-hmm. never replace the old memory. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that yearning is legit mm-hmm. because it's, it's something that you truly value but you can't really recreate it's not like Mm -hmm. our computers where you can just copy and paste and it's the exact same thing showing up um so true oh that's very interesting thank you for sharing that um i will transition to the next question which might be more detail for you i want you to speak on your relationship with nostalgia and just um if you can explore with me for me uh, the kind of relationship and interaction you've had with nostalgia. And I mean, mm-hmm. 
Has it been entirely positive? Has it been entirely negative? Has it been mixed? And if you could speak more on that, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been um, mixed mainly. Like I think, I don't know what it's like for other people, but I think from what I've seen or read, a lot of people have nostalgia for childhood or for like simpler Mm. times. Um, and mm. I don't particularly feel I had that or like that I had mm. like a desire to go back to childhood because it wasn't mm. like a simple time for me or like mm. maybe even it wasn't even like an easier time. Um, mm. So in that way, I would say like I don't have that kind of like yearning to relive, relive things but mm. uh, mm-hmm. or revisit emotions. But um, I do have like moments that I remember – as I got older and I started to maybe understand um, my inner world more and like, Hmm. yeah, I just started to understand, I think, patterns that were happening in my life more. And so Hmm. those moments, I think, where I really felt more at peace, I would almost Hmm. feel like a nostalgia for like those moments of realization or those moments where like, Yeah. yeah, I just felt more connected to my inner world or understanding around that and I do remember one moment in particular where I was sitting with my aunt she's not my biological aunt but she's my mom's best friend and Mm -hmm. she like is a person Mm -hmm. that I did a lot of art with growing up and Mm -hmm. I remember sitting with her by the river watching like water go by and I just felt so safe and peaceful and Mm -hmm. I just tried to like look around and capture everything that was happening everything I was feeling because I knew I'd want to revisit it and I knew I'd feel nostalgia for that moment and so yeah yeah. um I like Cap, tried to capture it and then now when I feel stressed or something I'll go back to that yeah. or I'll revisit that moment or like try to call it forward kind of um, wow. so yeah I think it's more like those moments where I try to bring forward rather than um, yeah. a general kind of nostalgia yeah. wow wow that there's so much to unpack there thank you so much that's again you are brilliant um <laughs> Can you speak a little bit more? I thought that was very interesting how in the present, you can be in the present and you're very self-aware to be in a memory Mm -hmm. being created and know Mm -hmm. that you're going to go back Mm -hmm. to that memory. And I think that's very interesting that you said that because you are an artist, an incredible artist. I'm just, again, you're so cool. I don't even know how. (laughs) You're just so cool. And, um, but you are, you are someone who, you're very talented in, in with your art. And I think I've seen some of your work at the Vancouver Art Gallery and also in your room because <laughs> I know cool people. Um, and I know that a lot of who you are shines through what you do in your work. So when you're creating memories and you know, like this is a two-part question. And sorry, it's not part of what I sent to you, but I thought that was very interesting that you put it that way. How does your mind, like... Just can you speak a little more as to how you're looking at a, a memory mm-hmm. being formed in the present and you know that you're going to be nostalgic about mm-hmm. that and how you treat that? Like, what do you do with, in that present moment? How do you stay in the present and store that memory at the same time, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being... Uh, yeah. And then how does that work 
for you as an artist? Is that something that you go back and make sketches or do pottery? Like, what is there anything? Because I know mm-hmm. last week, Alex and I talked about how nostalgia can influence the way we do the things that we do. And so for you as an artist who I think ha- has the privilege to do things that last so long that people can go and look at and it'll bring things, different things up for them. But you know the memory you're recalling when you make your art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, like you make things that are like we are in different fields. I do things that people look at it and are expected to see the same thing I'm seeing. Like mm-hmm. that's the point of what I'm mm-hmm. doing. But you do things that can mean one thing for you and a billion other things to a billion other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, if you can talk a little bit about mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for the first question um, about how we can be in the present and know that we're making memories that we'll want to revisit, um, I think that it actually connects to like what I was, what I did my dissertation on in terms of thinking about time mm. differently. Um, so mm. like since I was young, I remember kind of feeling like this really weird relationship to time where it was like, mm. I can't believe that time actually just works like a clock. Like I can't believe that like mm. it's really just like one of the authors I was writing about, he describes it as like um, Epson Hammer, his name is, he describes it as like a series of homogenous mm. now points um, from like oh, wow. <laughs> a distant past to a not yet actualized future. So it's like, that's what the wow. clock does to us, is just making it every moment feel the same kind of. And um, yeah. instead of like, there's all these other ways, I guess, of thinking of time, instead of it being like, a flux with like a movement with the reality or some people described it like Kamal Brathwaite was another person I was reading about who like talks about Mm. cyclical time and how like Mm. time moves like the tides um, and returns Mm. and gathers in moments or in cycles um, or like Mm. other people talk about echoic time or time that conflates and I think that since I was younger I kind of always felt like it can't just be this one version of time where I'm just like moving Mm. through these series of like homogenous now points um, and they're just quickly moving by and it doesn't like every instance has the same weight and kind of like I don't know it felt too mechanical I guess um, for me and then I think part of that is like realizing that like I can somehow also like in a way access like future me who's gonna want to revisit these memories and like that way time conflates kind of and you can access like um Mm. who you will be and kind of Mm. conflate who you are now with who you will be and who you've been Mm. and um Mm. I think that in that way I kind of try to do that like in my life mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. um, certain moments that I like know okay like I will like there's like a future me that will revisit this and want to like feel it again so yeah. in a way I can like store yeah. that in my body remember what it feels like because I will be yeah. revisiting this and I will be remembering these moments from the past and yeah and I will want to kind of I'll be in the future one day and want to kind of conflate time again and I want to feel like I'm in the 
past when I'm in the future or whatever. Like, so I think that's yeah. kind of like how I have been thinking about it recently is like, how do I move outside mm. only this kind of like linear unfolding and recognize that there's maybe some other yeah. way of like engaging with time. I don't know what it is, but um, mm. yeah. And then your other question about the art, how that impacts my yeah. art is similar because yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like the art pieces that I make I think on the one hand like I see them acting as like gathering points for um, different moments or pieces of information or um, yeah things that have influenced my inner world that I'm putting then out onto like the surface of the vases that I make but then yeah. So, like, similarly, it's like to me, like a play with time because I hope mm. that people can like pick up the vases and interact with them. And the ones that I leave unfired, I hope that they'll like dissolve um, as people handle <laughs> them. So, in a way, it's like I, it's wow. a desire to like oscillate between past interactions and future possibilities. Um, so, mm. pe- it kind of the vase itself can act as gathering points for yeah everyone who's come into contact with the work before um whether they yeah. just leave their impression on the work um or they speak it out wow. loud or they touch it or whatever and then all the po- future possibilities you know that i can't determine or control that the vase will take or the piece will take um on uh yeah, as time passes, I guess, in that way. So, yeah. yeah. Kind of all of that has been around, like, yeah, how do we sense the echoes of everything that has come to pass, but then also how do wow. we um, engage with, like, future possibilities, ones that we, like, can't fully know uh, in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I love you. Have I mentioned that today? I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so good. That was so good. And as somebody, the thing is, the way the way what you're saying is hitting my mind because, as you know, this about me, I look at pretty much everything in my life through a lens of faith. Mm. And everything you were saying was just making so much sense to me because I believe that we are eternal mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. I think we are here in this construct mm-hmm. of time, but we are not mm-hmm. from here. So there's something beyond time that's mm-hmm. within us. Even though our physical bodies are in a time constraint. Yes. And for you to be so self-aware, to be able to tap into that, especially at a very young age, that's that's very remarkable to me. <laughs> Because you would need to understand that even on a very deep level that you might not be able to articulate, Mm. you might not have been able to articulate at that point. But to understand that there is time, because now you've done your dissertation on it and you have a better understanding of time, Mm. but you made this decision (laughs) not not with a PhD. Do you know what I mean? You, you, You somehow were able to make the connection that... I know who I want to be, mm-hmm. or at least I have some idea mm-hmm. of that. And whoever that person is going to be tomorrow mm-hmm. is going to want to remember mm-hmm. today. <laughs> so I'm going to treat this moment with the respect it mm-hmm. deserves so that tomorrow it can be the memory that serves me well mm-hmm. to push me even further. And I think that's very powerful. Um, 
And to me, when you were talking about that, I was just thinking about how valuable it is to be very self-aware and it is never too early. Mm. And sometimes, um, and another time we can talk about that because you're such a wealth of experiences. You're, you're a very prime example to me of how some people think that, um, in fact, I used to hold this thought um, that if you didn't travel a lot, you can't learn a lot. And that's not essentially true. In some ways, there are things you might not be aware of, but there is such a power in being self-aware. There's such a power in understanding and having a heart that wants to learn that regardless of where you are found, you can actually mm. learn. Do you know what I mean? Because not everybody has the opportunity, the time, the interest really in being like, oh, what's out there? Which is what Alex and I were talking about mm. last week. And that's kind of how we interact with nostalgia, right? It's very external. It's like, where can I go to build new experiences? Mm-hmm. But you didn't have the luxury of having a childhood that you're like, oh, I want to go back <laughs> to that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, and to be able to know that even with that, you have within you this eternal capacity to create endless, endless moments and not be confined Mm. by, by time and space somehow. Mm. I think that's very powerful. Mm. And the lesson I learned from that, like that I'm going to apply to my own life when you were speaking is I definitely need to become self-aware more self-aware I mean I I think I'm fairly Mm self-aware but I think I need to be more and I think this is a gift you have from being able to create art and just have something so tactile (laughs) for like like pottery Mm -hmm. you know that that you do very beautiful pieces that you do and that's one of the reasons I've been very interested in pottery because when I've seen some of the work you've done Mm -hmm. or I've seen people with pottery it just it's like such an experience that is very in my opinion, mentally stimulating Mm -hmm. uh, and like just helps your mind really process things. And I I want to know what that feels like. Um, And yeah, sorry. We'll probably another time talk about time Mm. because when you mentioned time, I was like, oh, there's so much (laughs) to talk about with time. (laughs) You know, Mm. there's so much to talk about with the idea of time and how we interact with time. But that's that's a topic for another day anyway. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Marika, you are a gem. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with with me. Um, And this is a nice segue actually into the, the next question I want to ask you about your thoughts on whether the feeling of nostalgia is more helpful than harmful or vice versa. And the, the way I'm thinking about this is um, we're not going to go into a lot of uh, detail about this is not the podcast for that about your childhood, mm-hmm. but I do want to speak on the idea which you've highlighted that you grew up around people like you didn't grow up in isolation. Mm-hmm. But what might be great memories for the people you grew up with Mm -hmm. are not great memories Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to speak on what your thoughts are on whether the feeling of how the feeling of nostalgia can be harmful Mm -hmm. for one person and helpful for the other person and how for you at least you've interacted with that if you've ever had an interaction where you've had to face a situation where a memory someone is calling forth to you that's causing them joy is causing Mm -hmm. you pain and 
um i know you're like one of the things people that are listening probably don't know um because they don't know you that i've known about you is your heart is just i don't you have such you have such a kind heart that someone can really be offending you <laughs> like on purpose i'm speaking from experience uh, in terms of i'm so glad you have me in your life because i will gladly fight for you i i have zero problems i've seen you telling I've someone seen you do it <laughs> exactly like i i have zero problems fighting on your behalf but the point i'm trying to make is you, you are so gracious in the way you i love you too you're so gracious in the way you interact with mm. people that someone can be doing something like that and you still because you're so um contemplative like you're just the kind of person who thinks a lot of things through right um and so anyway before i i i i delve into that the, the point i'm trying to make is how have you dealt with those kinds of situations where you are interacting with someone who whose great memories for them are not so great memories mm-hmm. for you yeah i think it's really hard like i think and some of it maybe also is like you don't even realize till later in life like why someone mm. bringing up something was like uncomfortable for you mm. you just know it doesn't feel good and then maybe later it's like mm. oh i can recognize now like why this memory like um when they brought it up mm. it didn't like feel good in my heart but they clearly were like joyful Mm -hmm. about it and so I think that that has happened to me a lot um especially because yeah I just like grew up in like a predominantly white area and school and I did experience Mm -hmm. a lot of racism that I didn't really process Mm -hmm. till later Mm -hmm. in life and um right I think that, um, and even like a lot of harshness and like stuff that like, yeah. I look back now and I'm like, that was really bad. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for um, others, maybe they look back on the same experience, not the same experience, but the same time and the same space. Yeah. And they think like, yeah. oh, that was so nice. I was so carefree. Mm. Um, or like, <laughs> yeah. um, I really enjoyed this time. Or even like I can think in high school, like I think, mm. yeah, I experienced a lot of really bad like stuff there and people were yeah like making racist jokes or didn't want me to come to certain places because i was black and um like people who had like confederate flags on their truck driving around (laughs) and i was like super uncomfortable but i think in a way like i didn't always process what what i was feeling um and i think Mm. like but I hear from other people like oh remember the good old days kind of thing or right. like I don't know if that <laughs> yeah. came up when you and Alex were talking but I know we've talked about that kind of thing where it's like oh that was so good we were so we were like able to have so much fun like there was no responsibilities <laughs> but for maybe others yeah. and I know I wasn't the only mm. one in my high school who felt that way um and had those experiences but just like for others it maybe wasn't so lighthearted um and we don't want to revisit it and there was the lightheartedness maybe was also accompanied by maybe not to the fault of their own but just like a 
not a awareness of like what other people were going through yeah. at the time and maybe it wouldn't have felt so lighthearted if they knew fully like what yeah. other people were experiencing around them so I think yeah. like in that way um it can be harmful if it's just like this desire to go back to like in quotes like simpler times um and I, I hear mm-hmm. that a lot kind of like in yeah. the media or in conversations like people yeah. str- there's like a I don't want to say people generally but I know some people can struggle with like yeah. maybe also the growing complexity around conversations that happen yeah. around um, justice or other things yeah. like it's just this desire to go back to times yeah. where it just felt a bit um easier because it was somehow felt simpler um in that time and space for that person and um yeah I think that I think there's something that isn't the best about that because I do think we have to be able to hold room for growing Mm -hmm. complexity but maybe Mm. you know there's I guess there's it's both things like there's the harmful part of kind of not being fully aware of the complexity of what was happening at the time and then wishing for something that actually was harmful to others but then I think yeah. we can also like take we can also use nostalgia in kind of like an uplifting way and we can revisit like mm. you know what are the feelings we want to create in the future worlds that we are making yeah. so like when we're yeah. children for example and we revisit memories of feeling safe or happy or joyful like then that yeah. can be thing those emotions can be ones that influence us in the worlds we are making and the possibilities we are creating together but hopefully it can be like you know those things can influence what's felt uh, on the yeah. whole versus just like you know um, maybe certain people yeah. can experience them versus not others so I think yeah, yeah we can revisit what we want to use in the worlds um, and possibilities mm. that are to come that maybe aren't yet here yeah. <laughs> wow what an incredible conversation I'm um, I'm just always so grateful and so in awe of Marika and her wit and just she's she's an incredible human being and I'm really I'm really just grateful that as many as are uh, listening get to listen and hear her perspective because um, I, I I find great value in her words every single time she speaks to me so it was really great to have her here this conversation is not over it will continue so please subscribe if you haven't already so that you can be up to date um and so that you can get notified when the next episode which is the part two of our conversation drops um next week so um i hope to see you there and thank you so much for listening i'm so glad that you gave me your time today and I do not take it for granted Um, and I hope that you have learned something and are inspired to think more deeply about things Um, yeah have a beautiful rest of your day or whatever time it is over there and I will talk to you on another episode of contemplations the podcast bye